Our scripture today comes from Paul's letter to the Philippian Christians. We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. Vamos a leer de Filipenses, capítulo 2, versículos 18, uh, 12 al 18. And I'm going to read this first in English, then we'll do as we often do, uh, read it again in Spanish. Voy a primero leerlo en inglés y después en español. And let's remind ourselves of what we have here. We have such a treasure in God's word. These are, these are ancient words from the early church leader Paul that are inspired by God's spirit. So they speak to us here and they speak to us now. Son palabras inspiradas del Espíritu Santo, palabras de Pablo para nosotros. So let's listen carefully with our hearts and our ears open. Escuchemos y absorbamos la palabra de Dios. Paul writes, he says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold fast to the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Así que mis queridos hermanos, como han obedecido siempre no solo en mi presencia, sino mucho más ahora en mi ausencia, lleven a cabo su salvación con temor y temblor. Pues Dios es quien produce en ustedes tanto el querer como el hacer para que se cumpla su buena voluntad. Háganlo todo sin quejas ni contiendas para que sean intachables y puros, hijos de Dios sin culpa, en medio de una generación torcida y depravada. En ella ustedes brillan como estrellas en el firmamento, manteniendo en alto la palabra de vida. Así, en el día de Cristo, me sentiré satisfecho de no haber corrido ni trabajado en vano. Y aunque mi vida fuera derramada sobre el sacrificio y servicio que proceden de su fe, me alegro y comparto con todos ustedes mi alegría. Así también ustedes alegrense y compartan su alegría conmigo. As I said earlier, I've lived around this area since 1998. I came from the Midwest in Iowa, and I've said it before, but it bears repeating that there's something about life here in, in Central California that is very different that I have noted. Some big difference that sticks out from where I came from. Hay algo muy, muy destacante de la vida aquí en California Central, and here's what it is. It is not hard to predict the weather here. Where I come from, weathermen earn their keep, okay? They, I mean, they can be wrong half the time. No es nada uh, difícil pronosticar el tiempo aquí. But if you're a, a meteorologist here in the Central Valley, I mean, you don't even have to work up a sweat. I mean, it is so easy to predict the weather. Los meteorólogos aquí no tienen ni que esforzarse por pronosticar el tiempo. In fact, I've often said over the years, you know what? The, the meteorologists here, they can just phone in the forecast twice a year. There's just two forecasts. Did you know that? Hay solo dos pronósticos aquí. From March to October, sunny skies, hot temperatures, no rain. That's it. 
Cielos soleados, uh, temperaturas altas y no hay lluvia de marzo a octubre. November to February, partly cloudy skies, uh, lower temperatures, maybe a little breeze, maybe a little fog, a slim chance of rain. Right? De noviembre a febrero son, son cielos parcialmente nublados, um, temperaturas más bajas y un, una poca probabilidad de lluvia. That's, that's it, right? That's the forecast. Two forecasts, got it done, go home, collect your paycheck if you're a weatherman. Well, I say that because as we look out at our world today, as we look at the climate of our world, the, the spirit of the age, if you want to call it that, I think the same is also true. Así es con el clima de nuestro mundo hoy en día. It is not real hard, I think, to predict what is going on and what is going to happen. No es difícil pronosticar el tiempo del mundo. On any given day in our world, skies are cloudy and dark. Los cielos están nublados y oscuros. And there is a high chance of inflation and economic instability. Hay alta probabilidad de la inflación, la inestabilidad económica. Uh, there is a heat wave going on right now of crime, of political division. Hay una ola de calor del crimen, de la división política. There's a cold front of global unrest and war going on in the world. Hay un frente frío de la guerra mundial and the prevailing winds of immorality and of godlessness are blowing constantly against everything that is holy and right and just and good. Los vientos predominantes de la inmoralidad soplan en contra de todo lo que es bueno y santo y puro and you can say there is but a slim chance of hope raining down on our land. Hay una poca probabilidad de que llueva esperanza en la tierra. Now, I'm not trying to be negative here. No quiero ser negativo, but I don't think you need to be a prophet. I don't think you need to have a crystal ball to be able to say that, that this coming year 2023 promises to be a year of great challenge. Great challenge in our country, great challenge in our world. No hay que ser profeta para ver que el año 2023 va a ser un año de gran reto. And that is exactly why I believe this is a perfect time for we who follow Jesus Christ to be more positive and to be more hopeful than ever. Los cristianos podemos ser más positivos que nunca. Now, why would I say a thing like that? I'm not trying to be a Pollyanna. I'm, I'm not trying to deny the reality of what I've just described. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to pretend like everything's hunky-dory, everything's okay when it's not. I'm not trying to whistle in the dark. No quiero fingir que todo esté bien. No, no quiero negar la realidad. But I think there's a reason for us to be more positive and hopeful than ever. And it has to do, I think, with the message that we see coming through here in the scripture that we've just read from Philippians chapter 2. Tiene que ver con el mensaje de Filipenses 2. Now, Philippians, if you know anything about the letter to the Philippians, 
in my mind, it is one of the most positive books in the, in the New Testament, in maybe the entire Bible. Philippians is a book that is just oozing with joy. In fact, rejoice, be joyful, those kinds of phrases are all through this book. Filipenses es un libro muy positivo. And yet we need to understand that when the early church leader Paul wrote this book, he was in a very dark place. He was in a dank, cold Roman prison cell. That's where he was. Pablo cuando escribí esto, estaba en la prisión en una celda oscura y fría. And yet he's positive. And he writes to these Philippian Christians, and, and in verse 12 he says, My dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mis queridos hermanos, como han obedecido siempre, no solo en mi presencia, sino mucho más en mi ausencia, lleven a cabo su salvación con temor y temblor. Paul's saying, hey, Christians in Philippi, whether I'm able to be with you or not doesn't really matter. I want you to keep obeying Jesus. I want you to, to continue to strive humbly, reverently strive for spiritual health in all that you do. Quiero que luchen por la sanidad espiritual. Work out your salvation continually with fear and trembling. Que lleven a cabo su salvación con temor y temblor. Now notice Paul is not saying work for your salvation. Try to be good so God will love you. He's not saying that. No dice obren por su salvación. He's saying work out your salvation. In other words, live in such a different way that you begin to manifest what Jesus Christ has given you. You begin to show forth the goodness of what God has done through His Son. Vivan de forma diferente para que manifiesten lo que Cristo ha hecho. Why? Because you see, God's done something in you. Verse 13, it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Es Dios quien produce en ustedes tanto el querer como el hacer para que se cumpla su buena voluntad. Jesus has done something and God has changed something in you. Let that out. If we go back to chapter 1, verse 6, uh, Paul says this. He says, I'm confident of this. He, God, who began a good work in you, is going to carry it out to completion. He's going to let that good work uh, uh, develop in your life and come out of you in such a way. You're going to be different. Dice Pablo, estoy convencido que Dios que comenzó tan buena obra en ustedes la irá perfeccionando hasta el día de Cristo Jesús. So be different. So what does that look like? ¿Cómo se manifiesta esto? This spiritual health, working out your salvation. Verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing. Háganlo todo sin quejas ni contiendas. That's what Jonathan pointed us to here at, at the beginning when he talked about that. I, I echo that, Jonathan. Easy to say, hard to do. Do everything without grumbling or complaining. Hagan todo sin quejas ni contiendas. In effect, he's saying, do not live your lives engaging in petty, negative bickering and whining and complaining, either in the church or outside of the church. 
No sean negativos y, y en pleitos mezquinos ni dentro ni fuera de la iglesia. Don't be bad news in the world. Don't be negative. Don't be that guy with road rage that's cutting people off in traffic and weaving in and out because you've got somewhere more important to go than anybody else. No seas ese hombre que corta todos en el tráfico. Don't be that lady at the fast food restaurant who whines and complains because her french fries are lukewarm instead of hot. Don't be that person. No seas esa persona que se queja que sus papas fritas no están calientes. Don't, don't be that jerk that's always on social media stirring the pot and trying to get people pitted against each other or flaming out and throwing bad comments out there. No seas esa persona en los medios sociales eh, haciendo quejas y poniendo pletas. Don't be that person that people cross the other side of the street to avoid you. No seas esa persona que las personas evitan cruzando la calle. Don't be that person. No, instead he says, you need to become blameless and pure. Verse 15, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. Para que sean intachables, puros hijos de Dios, sin culpa en medio de una generación torcida y depravada. You need to be positive. And unfortunately, we can say as Christians, this doesn't always describe us, does it? We haven't always been blameless. We haven't always been pure. We haven't always lived as children of God. No hemos siempre sido intachables y puros. But Paul's saying you need to go against the current, of the negative current of the world. If the world is crooked, you be straight. Si el mundo está torcido, que sean rectos. If the, moon, if the world is sick, you got to be well. Si el mundo es enfermizo, sean sanos. If, if the world is guilty, You be the opposite. You be innocent. Full of integrity. Si el mundo es culpable, ustedes sean inocentes. If you can live like this, you will shine in this crooked and depraved generation like stars in the universe as you hold fast to the word of life. En esta generación, ustedes brillan como estrellas en el firmamento manteniendo en alto la palabra de vida. The word stars there is an interesting word uh, in the original language of the Bible, the Greek language. La palabra estrella aquí es muy única. It, it's a Greek word that I have not seen often. In fact, I think this might be the only place in the Bible it occurs. And the, the word is foster in Greek. En el griego es, la palabra estrella es foster. And it's actually two words, as you can see on the screen there. Fos, which means light. Fos significa luz. And aster, like astro, right? It means star. Aster, como astro quiere decir estrella. So you put that together, what's a foster? It's a brilliant, bright, shining star. That's what you're called to be, Paul is saying. So llamados para ser estrellas brillantes. Paul's saying, when you live this way, When, when you are that person who doesn't complain and is positive and hopeful and joyful, you're going to shine like stars in a dark universe. Van a brillar como luces de, estrellas de luz en un universo oscuro. Well, there's something important we need to recognize here 
as Paul talks about this, and as you think about a star, the light doesn't come from us. The light comes from a better source. The light comes from a greater source. La luz viene de otra fuente, de, de otro origen. In fact, if we go back earlier in chapter 2, just before what, what we're reading here, we find where that light comes from. If you look at chapter 2, verse 3, miren capítulo 2, 3, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. That's being a, a positive light. No haga nada por egoísmo o vanidad, más bien con humildad considere a los demás como superiores a ustedes mismos. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but the interests of others. Deben velar, no solo, velar solo, no solo por sus propios intereses, sino por los de los demás. And then he says in chapter 2, verse 5, your attitude, your way of shining should be like that of Christ Jesus. La actitud de ustedes debe ser como la de Cristo Jesús. And what was Jesus' attitude? How did Jesus live in this world? It says even though he was God, he was equal to God, he did not hang on to the privileges of his position. Aunque Jesús era por naturaleza, Dios no se aferró a su puesto, a sus privilegios. He let that go and he humbled himself and he looked out for the interests of others and he came down and he was obedient to God to death on the cross. Si humilló Jesús siendo ser humano hasta la muerte de cruz. He went to the lowest place and therefore God has exalted him to the highest place. He rose from the dead and he's been exalted to the highest place where everybody can see him and everybody will bow and know that Jesus is Lord someday. Dios lo exaltó al lugar más alto para que todos lo reconozcan. Jesus Christ is the true light. He's the true foster. He's the brilliant shining star. Jesucristo es la verdadera estrella de luz. And when you start living in a different way, in his way, when your attitude is like his in the world, you're going to stick out like a megastar in a dark universe. Si viven así, van a brillar como estrellas en el universo. People of God, I said it before, the forecast for our world in this next year is not great. El pronóstico del mundo no es nada bueno. I personally am assuming that the economy this next year will probably get worse. It probably won't get better. Not that I can see. Maybe I don't know something, but it's not looking good, is it? La economía no se ve que va a mejorarse. The... Uh, the division in our society, both politically and with different uh, groups, is going to continue. That's probably not going to improve a whole lot. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we're just warming up for elections in two years. It's going to get more crazy than not, I'm thinking. La política se va a volver más loca que nunca. Is it going to get better on the world stage? I'll have to say I'm not voting for that because I think next year maybe China will join Russia and invade another country and things are going to be wacky. La China podría invadir otro país. I mean, the forecast isn't great. And yet, based on what God's word says here, I believe that the forecast for God's people and for God's church can be great. 
The forecast for us can be great. El pronóstico para la iglesia puede ser algo grande. Why? Because you see, the darker it gets in our world, the, the darker it gets, the more we have an opportunity to shine, to stand out. Tenemos más oportunidad para brillar. And, and that's why, for this next year, 2023, I would like to propose that our theme for the year be this, that in 2023, as a church, Sunrise, we would be about being light in the darkness. Being light in the darkness. Nuestro enfoque para el año que viene va a ser ser luz en la oscuridad. I believe that the way we're going to navigate the challenges that are going on in our world is not to curse the darkness, just to grumble and complain and be negative. Navegamos los desafíos no por maldecir la, la oscuridad. The way that we're going to navigate, the way we're going to get through all of this is to live in contrast to the darkness, to live like Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ. It's working out our salvation. Queremos vivir en contraste a la oscuridad como Jesús, con la actitud de Jesús. Jesus actually talked about this very clearly in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. In Mateo 5, 14, Jesús lo habló. He said this, You all are the light of the world. Ustedes son la luz del mundo. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Una ciudad en lo alto de una colina no puede esconderse. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Ni se enciende una lámpara para, que, para cubrirla con un cajón. Por el contrario, se pone en la repisa para que alumbre a todos los que están en la casa. In the same way, let your light shine before people so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who's in heaven. Hagan brillar su luz delante de todos para que ellos puedan ver la, las buenas obras de ustedes y alaben a su Padre. People are going to see you shining and then they're going to trace that light back to the Father and they're going to praise Him and they're going to get to know Him when you shine the light of Jesus. Van a ver la luz de ustedes y trazar esa luz a la fuente, a la origen que es Dios. Paul kind of uses another image here to talk about this shining, this positive way of living in verse 17 of Philippians 2. He talks about becoming a drink offering, which is a weird thing for you and me. Pablo habla de otra imagen, de ser una, una vida derramada, una libación. He says in 17, even if I'm poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad, I rejoice. Aunque mi vida fuera derramada sobre sacrificio y servicio que procede de su fe, me alegro y comparto con ustedes mi alegría. What's a drink offering? Um, that's not when somebody buys you a drink. Something else. In, in, in the Jewish sacrificial system and in many of the other systems of the ancient world, a drink offering was a little bit of wine or water that was poured on top of the main sacrifice. It, it wasn't really the sacrifice itself, but it was like an adornment or it was something to, to kind of show off the sacrifice. Fue un poco de vino, la aliviación fue un poco de vino derramado sobre un sacrificio principal. See, think about that. As Christians, the main sacrifice, the only sacrifice for sin is Jesus. 
He, you can't add anything to Jesus. He is all we need. El sacrificio principal es Jesús. But what we're called to be is like drink offerings. We're called to show forth Jesus. To, to show people who he is. To call attention to him by pouring out our lives. Llamamos atención a Jesús por dar de nuestra vida. And so what Paul is saying here, he's saying, even if my life is a little drink offering poured out on the top of your drink offering to Jesus, even if all my life is about is helping you to learn how to live for Jesus and pour your life out for him, just like I'm doing it, I'm good. I can die happy. Aun si mi vida fuera como una libación sobre la libación de ustedes para que vivan por Jesús, estoy contento. You want to talk about a positive attitude? He's saying it's not about me. It's about Jesus. So by shining for Jesus, what we have an opportunity to do is to fulfill the good purpose that God's put inside of us by pouring out our lives, pouring joyfully out so that other people can experience Jesus and they can begin to shine for him too. That's the way it's meant to be. Encontramos nuestro propósito derramando nuestra vida por otros para que ellos puedan encontrar a Jesús. So what is that going to look like for sunrise in the coming year? How do we pour ourselves out joyfully in the way that we live in a dark world? ¿Cómo podemos derramar nuestra vida en el año que viene en esta iglesia? I'm going to talk a little bit about this in our annual meeting, but I want to highlight it here. One of the things that's on my heart, as I'm in year 25 now of being a part of this community, what would it look like if we were to strive and to pour ourselves out so that we would see 25 new adult mission partners as a part of this family in the next year? ¿Cómo sería ver 25 compañeros en un misión más en esta iglesia en el año que viene? What does that mean? It means 25 adults that profess Jesus. Some are baptized. They're growing in faith. They're committed. They're, they're, they're maturing. And they're bringing children in. It's way beyond 25 people because what you're talking about is reaching out their families. You're talking about reaching out to people in the community. It's pouring ourselves out to be light in the darkness. That's what's on my heart. And I believe that would line up with the heart of God. Queremos ver a más personas que sigan al Señor. So, as I said before, I believe this is a perfect time for us to be positive. Perfect time. Because things are so negative. And that's why we we're coming to this Lord's table this morning. Por eso llegamos a la mesa del Señor. And I'm going to come down here a second and get to the table. The invitation is here for those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. La invitación es para los que han confiado en el Señor Jesús. As you come to the Lord's table, please be mindful. If you come, I believe that you are prepared to take two steps. There are two steps that are important here as you come to the Lord's table. Hay dos pasos importantes. Step one, by coming here, what you are testifying, what you are saying, is that you are prepared to let go of the darkness. 
¿Estás preparado para dejar y soltar la oscuridad? I'm talking about sin. That you understand that if, if there's something in your life, if there's something in my life that's not right with God, we must be prepared to let it go. Stop embracing the darkness. Tenemos que dejar lo que sea pecaminoso. The other thing by coming to this table that, that you're called to do and that we must be prepared to do is to embrace the light. Hay que abrazar la luz. By, by taking in the bread, by taking in the cup, what we're testifying to is that we are embracing the light that is Jesus Christ because he's the only true light of the world. Estamos abrazando al Señor Jesucristo. And we're being nourished here. What we're doing is we're being nourished here to go out and to reflect that light. To go out and show that light. Estamos aquí alimentados para reflejar esa luz. So if you're not prepared or willing to let go of the darkness and embrace the light, today may not be your day to come. But if you are, The Lord says, come to my table. Si están dispuestos a dejar la oscuridad, abrazar la luz, vengan a la mesa. Let Jesus fill you up today and always so that, that you and I can go out and shine for him. And we can be light in the darkness. Today, tomorrow, in 2023 and beyond. Seamos llenos de Jesús para luego manifestar su luz hoy y en el año que viene. So with that in mind, I want to share with you what this meal is about. This meal looks back to Jesus. It points to him, what he did for us on the cross. It's about the past. Esta comida se trata del pasado. 2,000 years ago, everything changed in the universe when Jesus the King died on the cross. It changes everything. Without that moment in history, there's no reason to get up in the morning. We remember the past. Recordamos el pasado, que Jesús murió por nosotros y eso cambia todo. But you know what? This meal is also about right now. That same Jesus who died on the cross is not dead. He's alive, he lives, he's here, he's now through his Holy Spirit. And in this meal, we share together the very life of Christ in our midst. We, we uh, focus on the present, that he's with us. We have communion with Christ and one another. Tenemos comunión con Cristo y unos con otros. Cristo ha resucitado, está aquí. And this meal's also about the future. It's about the fact that Jesus has promised to return and he will make everything right. He will deal with sin once and for all and any and all who do not embrace him. And he will put together this amazing banquet and these are just crumbs that are falling from that table to remind us that it's coming. Esta cena nos recuerda que Cristo va a venir y va a haber un gran banquete en su reino algún día. And so with that, we, remembered how, we remember how this happened. The Lord Jesus, the same night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, 
eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. La misma noche que fue entregado, Jesús tomó el pan y dando gracias lo partió, se lo dio a sus discípulos y, y dijo, tomar, comer, ese es mi cuerpo que por vosotros es partido, haced esto en memoria de mí. And in the same way, after they had eaten, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new testament, the new agreement made in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. He says, as often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. Tomó también de la copa diciendo, esta copa es el nuevo pacto hecho en mi sangre por el perdón de pecados. Haced esto cada vez que tomad de ella en memoria de mí. The bread which we break, as I just said, is the communion, the participation in the body of Christ, and the cup which we bless is the participation in his blood. El pan que partimos es la comunión del cuerpo de Cristo y la copa, la comunión de su sangre. I'm going to invite our, our two serving elders to come forward right now. And again, I want to emphasize that this meal is for those who know they are not worthy for this meal and are determined by God's help to follow Jesus Christ. Este, esta comida es para los que saben que no son dignos de esta comida y necesitan confesar, dejar su pecado y seguir a Cristo. In just a moment, I'm going to invite those who wish to partake to come forward. We ask that you take the bread and the cup and return to your seat and wait until all have been served. En un momento pueden venir a, a agarrar del pan y de la copa y después volver a sus sillones sin comer, sin beber. When all have been served, we will share in them in the eating and drinking together. There are a few in the center of the trays, the prepackaged kits, if that's what you prefer. Uh, that is another option. It contains both the bread and the cup. Hay unos paquetes uh, preparados en el centro para los que quieren algo sellado con, con un poco de pan y jugo. All things are ready. Come as the Lord leads you to his table. Vengan a la mesa del Señor.